You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Hello, Reality Honolulu. So great to be with you. Greetings from Boston, from the frigid Northeast. And we just want to say that you are loved and we're cheering you on and we're praying for the flourishing of the gospel in Honolulu. I know many of you have never met me or don't know me. My name is Rashad Clemens. I'm new to this family and I've been so welcomed and embraced and I'm honored to be a part of this family and join you to close out 2020. And I love your pastor, we've got to meet and talk regularly, and um, I have nothing but great things to say. And so again, honored to be here. And um, it's been stated over and over and over on every news station, website, like blog, vlog, Insta story, that this has been a heck of a year. That for many of us, we either want to roll back the clock and go back to pre-COVID days, or we want to fast forward, hop in the DeLorean, and get so far away from this that it feels like it never happened, where it's nowhere in sight. And I get that. I get both of those positions, depending on which day of the week I wake up. I want to either go back to where this never even happened in human history, I wanna go forward and get away from it all. And what my hope is for you this day, as you listen to this video, as you watch it, wherever you're sitting, wherever you are, is that you would draw your focus and attention to the right now, to right now, to what God's doing on the, the day that you find yourself. Like, where is God? Where are you right now in this moment? That we just lock in and understand our posture and where we find ourselves. Because here, here's what I know, that God holds the future in his hands. And when I look at the past of what God's done in the past through the whole family of God, that should give me confidence into the future that he holds and to change my posture in my present right now. And that's my prayer for you today in this sermon. And so what we're gonna do is look at Joshua 24 and, and hear some of Joshua's last words of his life to the people of God in Israel. And um, Joshua's at the, he's at the end of his life and he gathers the whole community and he's addressing the leaders, family, people, and he's addressing them as he's venturing out of his place on earth. And he says in verse one, it says, then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Real quick, I want you to pay attention to this location. They are at Shechem. This is a significant place in Israel's history. It's the place where God promised Abraham 
that he would have great descendants, that he would possess a land and they would outnumber the sand of the seashore. And God, through Joshua, is reminding the people of God of, first of all, the significance of where they are, the significance of who they are, and reminding them of the journey and the story of where he's brought them to. That he's been active in their history, he's been faithful in their history, and he's been active and faithful before they were even born. Before they could do anything for him, he was already at work on their behalf. Read with me in verses 11 through 13. He said, you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The people of Jericho fought against you and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Girgashite, the Hivite and the Jebusite fought against you. So I gave them into your hand. I sent the hornets ahead of you. They drove out the people and the two kings of the Amorites from in front of you. You did not do it by your sword or bow. I gave you a land you did not work for. You live in cities you did not build. You are eating from vines and olive trees you did not plant. Joshua is reminding the people of their history. He's not just reminding them of, the, of their history. He's pointing them to a God who is currently with them. That the Lord is with them. That, they, that the Lord has been faithful in their past. He's in their present and he's worthy to give their lives to. He says in verse 14, So fear the Lord, serve him in faith and truth. This is the conclusion. So serve him. And the word serve in this passage is used 14 different times. 14 different times. Joshua is clearly pointing the people of God to this particular theme. And I, I just believe that this is a word for us, the church. And I, and I pray every year that God would give me a word, that he would give our church a word that we can hone in on. And I pray that God gives you that. And I hope that he does. And maybe he's given you a word this year that you feel like that has not come to pass. And I want to encourage you to serve him. There's so much to be said about this chapter and there's so much that Joshua has done in his life and there's so many things that he can point the people to. But the one thing that he hones in on 14 times in this passage, his parting words before he dies is, serve the Lord. One commentator says this, he says, to serve God means to fear him, obey him, and worship only him. It means to love him, fix your heart upon him, obeying him because you want to, not because you have to. Listen, the, the older I get, not that I'm old, the question that I ask is how do I want to be remembered? What do I want to leave behind? How do I want my family and my kids and my future grandkids to live? How do I want them to be? What kind of people do I want 
them to be and hands down above all else i want them to serve the lord i want them to be a people that are known for their hearts being fixed on the lord that they would give their hearts and their lives to the lord over and over and over again i remember growing up and even to this day that my mom will still say no matter what son serve the lord give the lord your heart it's the only reason why we're here it's the only reason why we live is because of the Lord, because he's worthy of our lives and he has demonstrated his faithfulness and his love to this family, to you in particular, before you were even born. Amen. And what she's saying, what Joshua is saying is, don't lose sight of that. And this is kind of the chorus in scripture, love God, live for him. And anything that gets in the way, move it. Get rid of it. Don't let anything stop you or encumber you from following the Lord, from serving the Lord. Joshua continues in verse 14. So fear the Lord, serve him in faith and in truth. Put away the gods of your, fa your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt serve the Lord. See, when God is calling us to remembrance, he, he's saying, remember what you did before you knew me. He's saying, remember what I've called you from. Remember what your life was wrapped up in. Fill in the blank. Remember when I met you, what you were about, what your arc was, what your heart's desire was, what you were pursuing, what had you tangled up, what had you hemmed down, remember what I grabbed you from. See, there's an axiom in scripture where God takes us from to to. He takes us from something to something. He takes us from Egypt to the promised land, from serving idols, to God, from being lost to being found, from living in fear to living in faith, and from being dead to being alive, from death to life. And that is the good news of the gospels that we've been brought from death, we've been brought to life. And whether things are good or bad, it's easy to forget what we've been called from. And so we have to be reminded over and over again, we have been called from this old life, from this old paradigm, from this old way of thinking to something. And in our life, it's easy because of what's surrounding us to be drawn back to forgetting what we've been called to and going back to what we've been called from. And listen, I know that it's hard. I know that there's a lot going on in life. And Joshua is, is making a hard sell, a hard call to the people of God. And he's saying, listen, serve the Lord. And we've been around church for a long time that these words, these things can become cliches. Yes, I know, serve the Lord. Yes, I know I should follow God. And the people respond to Joshua similarly. They know the right answer. They've heard it over and over again, even starting with Moses. But Joshua knows 
they're entering a season, they're entering a time in their life where they're gonna have to put legs to the words that they're saying. That they, in a sense, have been carried by Moses, Aaron, and Joshua. Now is the time where they're gonna have to recommit to following the Lord for themselves. Because the time that they're entering, the place that they're entering, it's not going to be easy. And following the Lord might not even be popular. And I think for many of us over this year, um, our faith has been challenged in a way that it hasn't before in the past. For many of us, the, the challenge to our faith has caused us to ask questions like, is this faith thing working? Like we've been asking, a lot of people have been asking, is it worth it? Is there something better? Is there something easier? Because this is extremely difficult and taxing. In verse 15, this is what Joshua says to the people of God. He says, if you think it is wrong to serve the Lord, choose today whom you will serve. Choose the gods your father worshiped on the other side of the river or choose the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. If you've been around church long enough you've heard this passage but for as me as but as for me and my family we will serve the lord joshua knows the temptation that will come to try to opt out of following the lord he knows the temptation that's going to come he knows the obstacles that are going to come that are going to cause the people to waver on their decision to follow the lord to go back to where they came from or the temptation to just blend in to what's going on around them to blend in to the culture around them because it's just too difficult to try to follow the lord and I know for many of us in the church in America that we've seen many people walking away from the Lord in this season. And there's been various reasons. If we've had an election season and there's Christians all over, like I can't believe that Christians vote this way. I can't believe that they think this way. I can't believe that Christians are responding to the virus in this way. I can't believe the way Christians are responding to justice and injustice this way. I can't believe the way that Christians respond to racial discord. You name it. And these compound things are just causing people's faiths to be tested and say, man, I just don't know about serving the Lord in this way anymore. And there comes a time, I'm telling you, in every life of the believer, read all through scripture where we experience some kind of shipwreck or massive trial or a season in the valley of death. And where our resolve has to be greater than the disappointment, the discord, the jadedness, where we resolve to say, even though I'm in a valley of the shadow of death, even though I'm going through these trials and I can't see the goodness of God in the land of the living, I resolve to follow him. Joshua says, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua says to this, he's saying, to, he's saying this statement literally on his deathbed. He has seen disappointments in his life. He has seen people very close to him die from war and from famine, from all different type of circumstances. And yet, he says, this is where I stand. 
This is where I stand that I and my family, we will serve the Lord. He's saying that no temptation deviate your heart and your allegiance and your worship from the Lord. He is challenging. He's laying down. He's laying this on really hard to the people of God. He's saying, don't go through the motions. If you're going to follow the Lord, make that decision and follow him. Like seriously, like take it, take that commitment seriously with all your being. Read in verse 16 through 18, he says, the people answered, may it never be that we turn away from the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord, our God, is the one who brought us and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house where we were made to work. He did these powerful works in front of our eyes. He kept us safe everywhere we went. Among all the nations we passed through, the Lord drove away from in front of us all the nations, even the Amorites who lived in the land. So we will serve the Lord, for he is our God. So the people respond to Joshua's exhortation, and they say, yes, of course we will serve the Lord. We know that he's done all these great exploits for us, and we know that he's been faithful. He's our God. We will serve him. We agree, Joshua, that this is what we should do. And this is a fascinating passage. It makes me think, have you ever asked someone to commit to something and you know it was way grander than what they were saying yes to? They're like, man, I want you to understand this is really big. I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. And they say it so flippantly, so blatantly, so quick. You're like, I don't, I don't think you really grasp the gravity and the bigness and the commitment that you're being called to. And Joshua this is what he, his kind of his rebuttal is to the people of God. He's saying like, he really saying, don't take this lightly. Don't take this presumptuously. Why? Because God takes your commitment to heart. If you say yes to the Lord, this is a serious commitment. Verse 19, Joshua, then Joshua said to the people, you will not be able to serve the Lord. For he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your wrongdoings or your sins if you turn away from the Lord and serve strange gods. He will turn and punish you. He will destroy you after he has been good to you. Joshua is saying this commitment is serious because God takes your commitment to heart. And so we ought to do the same. And he's saying... Your commitment to God is demonstrated by your actions. He's saying, I, I hear what you say, but I raise you your actions. He's saying, it's going to be costly to follow God. It's going to cost you. But to turn away from him would be catastrophically costly. He's saying, I want you to count the cost because the, the reward is great. But you have to really commit. And Joshua is saying for the future of the people of God, for the flourishing of the world like this, our commitment matters. Our commitment's important. Our actions matter. Verse 23, Joshua said, So put away the strange gods that are among you. Give your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. 
He's saying, when you commit to God, commit your heart to him. Commit your heart to him. Get rid of the other competing things for your heart. Give your heart to the Lord, your God. That word, give your heart, in Hebrew means bend your heart, your volition, your will, like your desire, your motivations, bend them towards God. I want you to reflect in this season. I want you to reflect in your presence. And I want you to ask yourself, what have I been giving my heart to? What's been getting the attention of my heart when I wake up, when I go to sleep, on my commute? See, what God wants here, what Joshua is getting at, is that we would bend our hearts to love God with all our beings, with all of our lives. And here's the response from the people. It says, the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. We will obey his voice. See, they, they doubled down on, on their commitment, but when they said, we will obey his voice, they're saying we will bend our hearts. We will give ours. We won't, we, we're not just going to give lip service. God doesn't just have our religious <laughs> components to our lives. He has the inner chambers of our hearts. So we will obey his voice. We will serve him. See, it's one commentator says each generation needs to reaffirm its faithfulness to God. So Joshua renews the covenant with the people. I remember hearing growing up in, in, um, in church and in Bible college and through my mother and spiritual leaders in my life, and they would say that God doesn't have grandchildren. God only has children. And so for this moment, God is making a relationship with this generation for the first time. And so they are reaffirming, they're saying, no, you are now our father. We will obey your voice. We're not just following in the, in the steps of our parents and their parents. No, we are choosing to follow you for ourselves. And we are committing ourselves to you afresh right now. This is what they do. This is what they're doing. They're renewing the covenant. God's already coveted and committed to them. And now they're saying, yes, Lord, we will serve you with our lives, with our hearts. Verse 25, Joshua made an agreement with the people that day, and he made laws for them in Shechem. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the tree that was by the holy place of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, See, this stone will be here to speak against us, for it has heard all the words the Lord spoke to us. So it will be here to speak against you, if you do not stay true to your God. Then Joshua sent the people away, each to his own land. They made vows, they wrote it down, they had the trees 
as a witness. And they're saying, we as a people will serve the Lord. They mark the moment. And they're saying, we are committing and recommitting ourselves to God. And we're going to mark it down just in case we forget. And I don't know what's been going on in your life. I don't know what's been going on in your family. But I know for many of us, this has been a wild season and year. And really easy to get pulled away from the Lord, to get distracted from our commitment, to, to get so far removed from the moment that we realize like, Jesus broke into our lives. And getting so fixed on like, if I had this, if I was there, if I could go back to that moment. And God is saying, remember, I have committed myself to you. I am faithful. Maybe it's time to recommit yourself back to me. Maybe it's time to recommit yourself back to the simple things of simply serving me with your whole heart. I think... I know we are in a place, in a season, where so many things are competing for our hearts and our attention. And we, I think, our word, our call, is that our primary function is that we are people who serve the Lord. We are people whose hearts are fixed on the Lord. Whatever is going on around us, that our hearts are fixed on the Lord right here, right now, while we have breath. Here's how Joshua ends. Joshua, verse 20, 29 says this. And after these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. I want you to pay attention to this. Joshua, not only did he live 110, li 10 lives, 110 years and from Egypt to the desert to promised land experience, all three of those, here's what is said about him, that he was the servant of the Lord. That was the same title that was given to Moses. And this title is what he's pointing the people to is what the legacy that he's leaving, be servants of the Lord. Whatever your story is, whatever is happening around you, that we will be servants of the Lord. And this should be the longing of each and every one of us to hear these words from Jesus, well done, thy good and faithful servant. This is what we live for. This is what I pray helps us end 2020 and propel us into 2021, that our hearts are repostured into saying, hey, I'm a servant of God. He holds my future. He is faithful. He has been faithful. He hasn't left. These aren't just historical archives. This is about a God who is ever present in time of need, that Christmas doesn't end on December 26th, that he is here with us. He is going for, before us, and we can rest in the posture of being servants and saying, God, you again have my heart. And so reality, Honolulu, this 
is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for our family of churches. This is my prayer for the church that we would be a people that would resolve to seek his face, to trust him and to abide in the promises of God regardless of what is going on, regardless of what happens that we will resolve to serve him. Amen? Amen. It's been a blessing to be with you. I pray for your city and, and, and your every island in the Pacific. And um, um, we love you and we're praying for you. And let me pray for us as we close. Father, I thank you for your love and for your grace and your mercy and that you are with us. God, redeem this year, redeem the time. God, you are good. Your kingdom is here and it's breaking in, Father. So we are open and we reposition our hearts and recommit our lives to say, Jesus, you are Lord, you are King and you are Master. And we long for your return. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.